Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1018 of our trek, and it is time for our Philosophy Friday series. Each Friday, we will ponder some of the basic truths and mysteries of life and how they can impact us in creating our living legacy. As we continue on this trek called life, sometimes we have questions about life. So our Friday trek is a time where we can ask Gramps. Gramps will answer the questions that you would like to ask your dad or granddad, but for whatever reason, this is not possible. No matter how old we are, I know that all of us would like the opportunity to ask Dad or Gramps questions about life in many areas. Understanding ourselves better and how others may interpret life through their paradigm will allow us to interact with each other with more love and compassion. This can be achieved by utilizing a profound tool called the Enneagram. This tool that we refer to as the Enneagram is a circle of nine interconnected points. Enia refers to nine and Graham refers to a drawing. Check out today's or a prior week's wisdom journal for a representation of it. I've also included in today's wisdom journal a copy of The Enneagram at a Glance, which was compiled by Suzanne H. Eller. If you'd like a PDF copy, click on the link in today's wisdom journal located on our website at wisdom-track.com. For additional insights, I recommend a book called The Road Back to You, written by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. It is an excellent book about an Enneagram journey to self-discovery from a Christian perspective. So far, we have completed a deep dive of the nine personality types, which are the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. Four weeks ago, we began a series of episodes on the type combinations. What are the potential relationship benefits and issues with each combination? Covering all the 45 different potential type combinations will take several weeks, but will be of value to understand each other, regardless of what type you are and what the type of those whom you interact with each day. Since we are exploring the Enneagram in detail, I would also recommend reading the Wisdom Journal for each Friday to see the diagrams presented each week. As helpful as the Enneagram is, keep in mind, though, that it is still only a tool and cannot replace nor usurp the precepts found in God's Word. We are responsible for all the decisions and actions that we make in life, and they must be in harmony with God's precepts. So our ongoing question for the next several weeks will be, Hey, Grams, why do people act and react to situations and circumstances in life so differently? How can I gain wisdom and better understanding of myself and others so that I can love, serve, and minister to them on a deeper level? So let's continue on today with the Enneagram Type Combinations. The first one for today is the Enneagram Type 2, The Helper, with the Enneagram Type 5, The Investigator. What each type brings to the relationship. Enneagram 2s and 5s are double opposites, as it were. A people person versus a loner. A feeling type with a thinking type. Twos and fives come from different points of view on what is most important in life and relationship. And yet, because they are so different, there can be an intense attraction to the mystery of each other. Twos and fives are a more common pairing than you might really expect. Twos can see fives as challenges. They're distant, 
mentally preoccupied, not giving many outward signals, and difficult to charm easily because they are so private. It is hard to know what pleases fives, which makes twos try only harder. Twos bring to the relationship a willingness to take initiative and to pursue the five, to be the first one to call or to ask out on a date, no matter what gender they are. When healthy, twos bring warmth, physical comfort, and ease, something fives typically lack, a desire to improve a five's living conditions, style of dress and eating habits, and many other marks of thoughtfulness as signs of affection and genuine interest. Fives are usually not aware of these, though they may not outwardly react to the expressions of affections of twos. Fives are secretly pleased that anyone cares and is being attentive to them. For their part, fives are usually very loyal. They find relationships complex and difficult, so they tend to value the one that begins to work, and they tend to put energy into it. Fives bring stability and quiet, dispassionate good judgment and objectivity, particularly in a crisis. When fives focus, they are good listeners and give undivided attention. They are not as attached to outcomes, and so can often make decisions more wisely and be good advisors to more emotionally volatile twos. Fives are often more calm than twos, and this gives them both types a feeling of steadiness and of hope. In short, fives stabilize twos emotionally, while twos warm up fives' coolness. Twos enjoy seeing that their attention and affection have a positive, visible effect on the fives. Fives secretly like being doted over and finally finding the nurturing that they have unconsciously been seeking but may have almost given up on. But what are some of the potential trouble spots or issues between Enneagram Type 2 and Enneagram Type 5? Many of the issues that this couple faces have to do with their boundaries and how respectful or not they are to each other. Twos tend to become frustrated with Fives' lack of immediate response to them. Sometimes fives are so taciturn and involved in their own mental world that there is no response at all, which hurts the two's feelings and feels like a rejection to them. Feeling rejected triggers deep anxieties in twos relating to the fear that they are unwanted and unloved. This may make them redouble their efforts to get some kind of response from the fives. They may become more talkative, more curious, and questioning of the fives, and more demanding physically, hoisting the fives from their desk or barging into the library to drag them out to go dancing or to a movie because they need a break from their work. Much of the two activities become a form of intrusion that has at its root a need to reassure himself that the fives are still connected with them. But the more intrusive twos become, the more fives internally withdraw and detach emotionally from what feels like a threat to their autonomy and competence. Fives start to lose their confidence in themselves and are actually harmed by being overly helped. Lower-functioning twos, however, feel that they have no value unless they are actively involved in every aspect of the other's life. But the more that they feel intruded on, the more unsafe fives begin to feel, and they may start to fear the two, because they seem irrational and out of control to the fives. Fives can also become cynical about the value and the viability of their relationship, and cynical about the possibility of finding one that works for them. Fives tend to walk away from the entire question, losing interest in having an intimate relationship, often for years at a time. But the more distant fives put between themselves and the twos, the more this brings out the twos' obsession and the more aggressive they become in their pursuit of the five. It is a prescription for disaster, or at least loneliness for both. Now let's move on to the Enneagram Type 2, the helper, with the Enneagram Type 6, the loyalist what each brings to the relationship. 
Both Enneagram 2s and 6s are highly dutiful and take their responsibilities toward each other very seriously. The emphasis tends to be slightly different, however, with the 2s focused primarily on building intimacy and positive feelings between themselves and other individuals, whereas the emphasis of the 6 tends to be on building a foundation of security, a sturdy platform of hard work, and trust that everyone can count on. Both types are highly responsible and tend to put the needs of others before their own. They are both family-oriented and and foster domesticity. They easily share duties around the house and with their children or friends. They are both socially involved in the community and see great value in having many social connections, which gives them the feelings that they are valued in the world. Six values the warmth, kind-heartedness, generosity, and self-sacrifices of the two. Sixes are aware of how well-suited twos are to be an excellent, devoted spouse and parent and that they can be trusted to be loyal. On the other hand, twos will likely admire the hard work, steadfastness to commitments, perseverance, modesty, and playfulness of the sixes. Even if sometimes they should be grumpy and indecisive, twos realize that healthy sixes almost always come around in the end. Caution and vigilance are recognized as worthwhile assets at what can be a cruel and exploitative world. Twos often feel that they can count on the sixes' watchfulness to spot difficulties before they become a problem. When twos and sixes are healthy, they may actually admire each other more than they feel a grand passion for each other. Their relationship may be based more on steadiness, mutual respect, and affection than on some kind of overheated chemistry between them. They see the other as good and dependable, and that is often more than enough as a basis for an enduring and productive life together. But what are some of the potential trouble spots or issues between a type 2 and a type 6? One of the main potential areas of problems between 2s and 6s has to do with control and autonomy, between being too close and being too far apart. Part of the problem has to do with the lack of confidence of lower functioning 6s and the ability to make decisions and to be decisive. Average 6s tend to feel pressured by all kinds of competing demands on their time and energy, by the 2s, by the boss, by their friends, by their church, and even by their country. Pressure from all sides makes 6s feel more anxious and emotionally unstable, unable to think clearly and make decisions easily. They can become doubtful, suspicious, and negativistic. As 6s become more reactive, they are likely to impulsively take almost any action just to relieve the anxieties momentarily. At such times, two may begin to offer more help and advice or to issue orders as a way to empower the six and help them through their anxiety. However, the sixes usually precede the two's help as intrusiveness and undermining their own self-confidence, and then they begin to resent it. Cycles of anxiety and acting out, followed by tearful reunions, followed by needing to be more autonomous on the six's part, followed by more intrusion on the two's part, can wear this relationship down. The problem is that lower-functioning twos think there is no such thing as too much intimacy since they always want to be closer. However, sixes are more ambivalent, pushing the twos away and then pulling them closer. The sixes' ambivalence and inconsistency drives the twos crazy and taps into their fears of rejection. Twos will up the ante by trying to help the six more, although sixes experience their help as control, and then they want to seek more distance. This pair can become enmeshed in a bad child, punishing parent drama that will ultimately be fatal to the relationship and the real mutual respect that it was potentially founded on. 
Now let's move on to the Enneagram Type 2, the Helper, with the Enneagram Type 7, the Enthusiast. What each type brings to the relationship. In many ways, both of these types can look alike. Both Enneagram 2s and 7s can be outgoing, friendly, funny, high-energy people, and very enjoyable company. They want the others to be happy and to have a good time, and both types tend to interpret things, including setbacks, in a positive way always looking for the silver lining or the blessing in a seeming disaster. Both types are engaging, spontaneous, and love the good things of life. In addition, twos can bring the depth of feeling and concern for the welfare of others into the mix. Twos admire the nerve and gusto in which the sevens plunge ahead in life, making every day an unpredictable adventure. Sevens bring high energy and a quick mind that sees possibilities and generates ideas faster than they can be acted on. There's the type of mental electricity and excitement that the sevens generate. The aura of sheer possibility that twos find intoxicating. Not only for themselves, but for those that they want to share their excitement with. The sevens help the two to remember to do nice things for themselves on a regular basis. They remind the twos that if they are not taking care of their own health and fulfillment, that they will really not be able to be helpful to others. On the other hand, healthy sevens feel that their emotional and physical needs are largely met by the healthy two. The twos help the sevens feel relaxed and fulfilled, reducing the temptation to wander. Further, both twos and sevens are idealistic, but twos can more easily and consistently translate this impulse into an altruistic action. This inspires the sevens also to enjoy sharing their abundance with others. Together, they make a remarkably generous and thoughtful couple. The twos in the seventh combination can have a positive effect on people that is virtually unmatched by any other couple. They can be warm, welcoming, and generous, making others feel loved and invited to the party. But what are some of the potential trouble spots or issues between the Enneagram Type 2 and the Enneagram Type 7? In times, two feel that they can never have enough intimacy and they usually try to find ways to be closer to the sevens. They like to stay at home, go on quiet walks together, cook, and talk about settling down and having a family. Sevens, on the other hand, find the idea of settling down and limiting their options to be nowhere nearly as attractive to them. Sevens are capable of long-term commitments, but they tend not to be eager to get into them. As a result of these signals, the twos may start to hover and become more intrusive, pulling the reins on the sevens, insisting that they have more quality time together. Sevens can easily feel trapped by this maneuver, and they may begin to lose interest in the twos, feeling that their relationship has gone stale, rather than realizing their own anxiety over the potential closing of options. Twos can increasingly want to get serious about their relationship just as the sevens begin to feel bored or that the relationship has gotten heavy and unfulfilling. Twos can thus see the sevens as untrustworthy, a playboy or playgirl, who is selfishly leading them on with no intention of tying the knot. Sevens can begin to see twos as possessive and manipulative, playing on their guilt or insecurities to make sure that the sevens do not stray. Further, sevens need to be the center of attention as a way of staying energized and excited. Other people and their needs are not really the focus of their concern as much as they are an audience of potential playmates if others can keep up with them and their fast pace. While making the sevens a center of attention generally suits the twos well for a while, twos eventually begin to unconsciously feel used. They will either withhold their attention and affection 
or start to compensate in other ways, such as overeating or having a real or imagined health problems as a way of forcing the sevens to pay attention to their needs. A stalemate occurs and punctuated by conflicts, battles, and other loud scenes. And that covers the first 15 out of the 45 possible type combinations. We will continue each week to look into three additional combinations as we work our way through all the numbers. Regardless of your personality type and the personality type of those whom you interact with, either in person or online, we must follow God's word as we are told in John chapter 13 verses 34 and 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And also in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Join us again next Friday as we explore further the Enneagram on our Ask Gramps episode. We will continue to explore the type combinations and how best to maintain meaningful and productive relationships with each other. The information that we discover will allow us to unlock who we are as we travel on this trek of life and discover more about ourselves and others as we impact God's kingdom. I know that you'll find these insights interesting, practical, and profitable in living a rich and satisfying life. Our next trek will be Meditation Monday, where we will help you to reflect on those most important areas of life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and to come along with us on Monday for another day of Wisdom Trek creating a legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1017 daily treks or read the associated journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, reminding you to keep moving forward. Enjoy your journey. And then create a great day every day. See you on Monday.